Hello, and welcome to episode three in the new Masters of the World series, looking back on the history of the BDO World Masters. This time, I'm delighted to be joined by the Joker, John O'Shea, who looks back on his career and his victory last year over Scott Waits at the Circus Tavern. I'm now delighted to be joined by the reigning World Master, the Joker, John O'Shea. How are you, John? I'm good, thanks, Andrew. Cheers. And how have the last few months been with the pandemic in Ireland? How can you describe it? Where do you even start? It's scary, it's frustrating, it's it's everything really, isn't it? There's good days, there's bad days, you know, but what, what are you supposed to do only keep going, you know? Mm. We have seen a, a rise in online darts, and obviously you played in the second remote darts league. Have you enjoyed the online stuff? I, uh, I did it to start. I did it to start. I played in uh, one or two of the INDO ones at the start. I got to two, I got to the, the two finals. And uh, I lost both of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a bit strange playing online. You know, when you're when you're kind of a rhythm player and you're you're watching the, the other person score from your phone on a stand, and you're going back and you're waiting for him to call his score before you can throw, as opposed to knowing when you can go when your opponent is standing in front of you. But look, it was something to do at the start, and then the remote league came along. Uh, the first one was very good, and, and we watched it here at night, uh, myself and Laura and the kids and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I got I got a got a phone call off the England Stanley that I was in in the second one, and I was delighted, you know. So yeah, that kept me going for three weeks. But yeah, it was most it was most enjoyable the remote athlete. Now we had a bit of good fun on that, you know. Hmm. And now you're sort of on your way to, to England for the Challenge Tour events. How good is it going to be to, to back at it in a semi-normal setting? We got players briefed there and out this evening, you know, and it was good to get the players briefed. And um, it's good to get back, but there's, there's, um, there's, a, there's a lot at stake, you know, um, as regards to getting there now, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, there's checkpoints around here now you can't leave your own county but I should be okay as regards to elite elite sports person you know mm. so I have, I have I have all the documentation if I do get stopped you know but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a problem you know mm. so yeah looking forward to the weekend ahead now it's been it's been a long few months and I've practiced I've practiced well over the last few weeks and uh, yeah we'll just see what happens it's going to be uh, it's going to be a strange one I don't think it's going to suit fast players because looking at the structure of how you can play on the floor because we got a drawing of it today and it showed us that you know you have to wait for your opponent to come back before you can move into the throwing area so if you're fast in rhythm that might not help <laughs> so so yeah it'll be interesting it'll be interesting I suppose after the first one or two I mean just like there's six there's six events so I would imagine after the first one or two you'll, you'll have that uh, well, I've got the hang of it, you know. So, so yeah, I, I'm playing well. I'm playing well. Well, to my standard, I'm playing well. How you can uh, judge it from being at home in the kitchen playing nobody, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But look, I'm hitting everything I'm supposed to be hitting, and I'm, I'm some nice averages there some nights, you know, when you're in the humour for it. But again, it's against nobody. So, I suppose at the end of the end, though, it just shows you in practice that you have it in the tank, mm-hmm. you know. So looking back to the beginning for you, when was it that you started playing darts? Wow, that's a long, long time ago. 
that's a long time ago. I've I've planned that. Jesus, I'd say well over 25, 20, 25, Yeah, I'd say about twenty seven, twenty eight years. Mm. I started. I started. I didn't play. I didn't play any youths. I didn't play youth level. I kind of. Uh, I I was I was big here play, playing uh, hurling and football with the local club. You know, mm. I've county medal playing hurling with St Vincent's hurling football club and championship medals. You know and. I really enjoyed that growing up, but um, unfortunately, a knee injury ended all that fairly rapidly after minor, you know. So, um, so we started playing. Um, how it all started was there was a guy, there was a guy in the local pub, and he's beating fellas left, right, and centre, and he'd be doing all queer things on a dartboard. Like if he'd fifty left now, he'd throw a triple sixteen, double one, you know, pick a right each you know, for all the fellas like. But um, Freddie Callan was his name, and he, he was an elderly man. But you know what? I, it turned out that he turned out to be my best friend for years after, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, I learned a thing or two from Freddie, and um, we just just moved over then into the St. Vincent's where I played horror and football. They had a dark team in, in the bar, and I joined the dark team. And um, of course, I didn't start on the B team. I told the B team that I was too good for them, so I started on the A team. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and it just took off from there. Then I just went from pub level to county level, international level, and, you know, I just kept just kept going, you know. I, with goals every year, you know, if you reach your goals, you've done a good year, you know. Mm. But um, you, have to have, you have to have some goal in life. Otherwise, you know, you're just just walking into the abyss. Like, you know, it's nice, it's nice to have a goal and then to reach it, you get a bit of self-satisfaction from it, you know. So what was that goal for you in darts? Well, the thing for me, the thing for me in darts is I, I just love throwing darts ever since the day I picked them up. I think I made a statement one time on TV that I'd actually die with a set of darts in my hand. <laughs> I just love, I just, I, like, I don't, I don't sit down and watch TV or anything or read books, you know. I just, I just spend hours on the dartboard just doing stupid things and messing around with darts, messing around with points, messing around with flights, you know, and I just I just love just love throwing darts. And my goal was my, my, my will to win it's scary. Like, you know, fellas have talent, fellas have a, a abundance of bottle. With me with me it, I, it's just the pure will to win. Like I just I just I just love winning, like, you know? Mm. And and competing, like, you know what I mean? Like so my goal was to be the best you know, like I, I'd often, I'd often be on the machine here at home, and I'd, I'd be four or five legs into a, into a session of, we say nine, I could be 92, 93 average, and I turned the machine off in disgust because I know I'm better. There was never, there was never a limit. It's, it's never good enough for me. You know, it's so. I, I have a very high bar. You know, so I mean, like a fella could turn around to me and say, "Jesus, you threw great darts there," but. I, I, in my own head, I probably said, "Geez, that was terrible," mm. because I just, I just want to win so badly. I'm always tampering with things to get perfection. I'm a perfectionist in my job, and my my own job that I do. I'm a perfectionist if I try something else outside of my job in the workplace. You know, I always had the attitude of, um, you know, if it didn't look good would you do that in your own house kind of thing, you know? Mm. So there was always, like, if it didn't look good to me or if it didn't feel right, I'd change it. My wife often said to me, why, why do you keep going? Like, and I said, to I perfect it. 
and she says there's no such thing as perfection to the point of like would you sit like I often I was playing I was playing here I was I was thrown here one night and I'm not joking I was five minutes into practice and I hit a nine after and I said to, I said to Laura I said should I sit down now or keep going because when you all don't he'll after here <laughs> <laughs> Do you know so I kept going and I had two or three more shots off a nine after throughout that hour or two hour session that I was doing you know but. What, what what's next then? Like back to back nine afters, three nine afters. You know, I, it's never ending. There's always something to aim for. Since the day I started to, up up till now, it's been a it's been quite a, a joyride. You know, but that's that's all I could call it. Like you know, from from getting daftitis, from being probably one of the top players in the country way back 2004 2005 to to probably holding up every league in, in Cork, where I'm from. I just couldn't let the dark go in my hand for five years. Literally cried in the kitchen. Something I love doing by now, but I never gave up. You know, I, I, I still enter tournaments and I got absolutely battered, but I never gave up. Hmm. And I didn't think one minute after that, like that, that I'd go on and do what I'd done after it. Like, you know, I won two, I won two Irish Masters. I won umpteen... Uh, national titles, but to go to go in and do do the world masters like it's just something, you know what's next? Like I remember, I remember saying to someone, uh, you know, um, what's next now after world masters? And I said, I'll, I'll, I'll win the world title too. I win the world championships as well. No matter, you know that's that's it. Like if you won that then what's next? And we win it again. You know, there's always something next with me. Like this, I'm never happy. <laughs> I'm never happy. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? So I know you have, as you, as you say, you've suffered with diatitis before. How did that start? I just think it's from overthrowing. Like I said to you, like I said to you there a while ago, like I'm just constantly throwing darts. Like, constantly, I make the the dart board is hanging in the kitchen. If I'm making the dinner, I'm watching the dinner. I'm throwing darts. You know, I have the kids up in the morning for school. Dog. You know, I, I could throw a half an hour before the kid, I wake him up to go to school. You know, it's just it was just it was just something. I suppose you could nearly call it addictive. For me, it's addictive. You know, just constantly throwing at a dartboard. You know, it was addictive. I probably uh, picked up dartitis because I played around with the game so much, different throws, different ways I held the dart. You know, getting them to stand up, getting them to tip down. You know, different flights, different shafts, different weights. And I probably, I probably, uh, I probably drew it on myself, you know. So for you, was it a case of just trying to play through it? I just played through it. I mean, like there was nights, there was nights there I could stand on the line for five minutes, and there's no way that dart would come out of your hand. But, and I wouldn't be a bit, I wouldn't be a bit embarrassed to tell you, like that I cried in the kitchen, you know, over it as well because I felt it was the only thing I was good at, and now it was gone. Like I couldn't go, I couldn't go back playing hurling or football. I was too old, and. I felt darts, darts was the avenue out, like, you know what I mean? Like, and um, when I couldn't let the dart go, then I felt like that was it, like, my chances of, I, I always believed in, in, I'd win something big, you know? And I felt that, that opportunity had gone because there were, the first two years, I literally could not let the dart go at all, or no matter how hard or how much I tried, like, you know? Oh, five years, I had it for nearly five years, and I, I just, just woke up one morning and it was gone. Just gone. Just completely gone. And have you had any trouble with it since? It comes back every now and again, but it, it doesn't... 
it doesn't come back in my throw as such, but it comes back with lifting my leg off the floor. You know, kind of falling over the line. Mm. You know, um, kind of twisting my ankle and lifting my back leg. Like, you know what I mean? I've sort of worked on that over the last few months. While we were off, and there's very little movement now. Like, so I'm well chuffed with that. Like, again, now, like it's probably time on the board. You know. And, and chopping and changing and doing a few bits and pieces and like I wasn't going anywhere anytime soon so I had time on my hands to play around with something different you know hmm. but like I said I've tweaked my throw now a small little bit so it'll be interesting now this weekend to see under pressure how that's going to work out you know but I know I know I know from from what I'm doing at home I know that I just need to stick with it no matter what happens at the weekend I need to stick with what I've been practicing and I'll be okay to come through the dartitis, and then 2010, you were two games away from actually winning a, a tour card for the PDC. What are your memories from you know getting so close but not quite making it? Yeah, I've done I've done two schools four times now, and even last year I think I finished with seven points, which was which was a point or two behind um, again, you know. And there was just that one day, but 2010 I was I think I had. Uh, I had two or three good runs on three diff- on the three days. On one day, I think I had, which probably the one day that I got nothing, cost me the card. And I look back now over the stats, and I think it's been the same bloody thing again. It's like the second or third day. There's one day where I don't get anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Q school, Q school is tough going. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, if you get a, if you get lucky and get a good run, you're okay. You could run into anybody. You could run into players that lost tour cards. You could run into players that are on farm and the BDO, you know, that giving it a go. You know, it's just tour school is a minefield. You know, you just got, I just like, I like even even the challenge tour, the same players that were at Q school on the challenge tour. I will, I, I get, I get the card eventually. I have no doubt in my mind, you know, that I'll get the card eventually, whether it'll be this year or next year, or the year after. I will get it. I will get it. You know, because that's that's the end game. Like, you know what I mean. Like, so I will. I, I I'm confident enough that at some stage I will click, and it'll come to the stage where maybe if I wasn't chasing it as hard as I am now, that mm. maybe maybe this once sometime I'll just go there relaxed, and and that'll be it. You know. Looking back on the the World Masters 2016, you made it all the way to the quarterfinals. You know, you beat Maddox, Rasma, Cameron Menzies and Martin Adams before you fell in the quarterfinals. At the time, what did that run mean to you? Oh, it was it, it was huge because, um, unfortunately for me, um, getting to, to play regularly was a big, big, big issue for me. Like, you know, coming from Cork, like, you know, there's not a whole lot of places we fly out of um, to, from Cork. Like, so getting to destinations, especially on the BDO tour, getting to some destinations were very hard and expensive to get to. So... I qualified for those two World Master events. Um, actually, I played in the World Masters three times, and I think I've qualified for the three those three occasions. I qualified off the Irish circuit, mm. you know, um, off the ranking list, and then I had won the world or the I had won uh, the Irish Masters, which qualified me for it as well. So I didn't ha- I didn't have enough points. I think I think when I won the World Masters back in two thousand nineteen. Um, I was ranked 212 in the world. I think I'd only played in three events that year. Mm. And the last one was in Holland in February, I think it was. 
and I didn't play no more competitive darts on the circuit till I went to the World Masters, you know. Mm. So uh, yeah, that was that was a big thing for me. The, the big thing for me was playing regular darts, you know. Um, I was probably under pressure to win, to pay for the next one, you know, that kind of way where mm. you you had to you had to win something, you know. And some of the tournaments in, in the the video weren't suited suiting me, you know, like the Welsh Open. I, I difficulty with that a few times in the Scottish Open because I think the Welsh Open was the best of five, you know, and um, one year I drew Kyle McGinn's three in the first round, maybe 3-2, and it was to throw the darts that took the legs. So, you, yeah, you're, you're going to these places, like, and you only get one, you're, you're only getting one crack at, crack at a whip, you know. Then there's other tournaments where there's one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. You have another chance Sunday if you go on the Saturday or something like that, you know. Hmm. Or the format, the format has a bit, bit, a bit more, you know, than the best of five, like you know. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so for me, for me, um, it was a struggle. It was a struggle from, from to get to get to the places, you know. Especially, especially now when, um, you know, you might have three or three events there that might be strung together. Like you might have the Czech Open, the Italian Open. They're all in the one, the one place or the one kind of. Uh, triangle of a, uh, you know, like uh, you might be in Malta, you might be in Malta there, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you fly out from Malta to Italy, and you know, and you could nearly squeeze the check in, the check open the following weekend, like you know, hmm. and that that's 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 an expensive, but you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, it was it was it was top there. I paired up with Francis, Francis Carragher, you you probably know hmm. her, the Francis. Paired up with Francis there for a few tournaments, and it was it was handy there, you know. And um, yeah, that that came to an end as well then. And I kind of had given up hope then at that stage, you know. So I said to myself, look, we'll just play the Irish circuit, qualify for what we can off the Irish circuit, and see if we can do a bit of damage when we get over there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was the plan, really, you know. And go to tour school maybe. Like I was trying to do two of them at this the one time then, and I was saying, I oh, know I can't afford to do two of them. We got to stick to the one. And then I was saying, you know, I do Q school, and there are six weekends in the year for the PDC. And I said, we'll stick with that, and see what we can get out of that, because I couldn't afford to do the PDO tour. <laughs> then then there's a tournament coming up, and you're playing well, and you know, you say to yourself, well, feck it, you know, I just can't play in the bloody thing, and I found myself in the Isle of Man somewhere, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, so, yeah, we had a look, a good support at home, Laura, Laura, you know, and, and uh, she doesn't, she doesn't really mind, you know, so, um, so, yeah, so, it, we struggled along, like, you know, if you look at, if you look at any stats, it'll show you what I played in, you know, there could be a six-month gap between my tournaments, you know, so it was a case of which John was going to show up, you know. Mm. And before we sort of talk about that World Masters win last year, 2018, you got to the quarter-final of the Europe Cup singles playing for Ireland. What did it mean to you, as you know, you're obviously a very proud Irishman, what did it mean to you to, to pull on that Irish jersey? Oh, look, no, I, I think no matter what sport you play, whether it be tennis, you know, whether to be uh, hurling football, whether to be snooker, whether, you know, when you put the Irish, well, well, your, your country's jersey on your back, you know, it's, it was, it was, for me, it was another one of my goals, you know. I hadn't done, I hadn't played for Ireland, I hadn't played for Ireland a whole lot down through the years. Um, 
you know, just just simply because through work commitments and and other stuff that was going on, like I have a young family. So when the opportunity arose, um, we took it, and um, yeah, that that was a great weekend in Hungary. We we, we, we just the whole team gelled together, like you know, I myself and Martin were doubles partners, and and Mick and Shane paired up that same weekend, like but. Look, we see those lads. I see those lads when I go and play in the Irish circuit. You know, I see those lads around. They're good friends of mine, you know. So, yeah, bronze medal. We were like, I mean, I, Martin, we were playing doubles. We were playing against Scott Mitchell and Daniel Day in the doubles. And uh, I think it was the quarterfinals. And Martin missed the uh, double 16, I think, for 1 5 2 to go to bat him 4 3. And uh, we lost that leg. And we had a good run in the singles. I got to the quarterfinals of the singles. I look back at it now, there was some good cracking, high tension, you know, mm. roaring and shouting matches there, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I got pipped. I got pipped on the line by the young Czech lad, uh, Pavel Jerkel. I might be pronouncing that wrong now, but I'd say I'm nearly right. Yeah, and Martin beat him in the final. Mm. So it could have been an all Irish affair. You know, I had just hit the double. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we done well that year, so we got bronze. We got bronze overall, which was huge, like, you know, so. The English and the Dutch had dominated for years, you know, and they were strong. You know, the English were strong, the Dutch were strong, like, you know, and you could see it. You could see it in the ranking titles they picked up between, between all those players, you know. Mm. I remember when you won the World Masters last year and you made your way through the tournament. I remember a couple of the interviews you did, you'd said that before that tournament last year, there was a point where you'd really considered giving up the sport. What was it that was sort of influencing you to maybe make that decision and how close did you get to, to giving up darts? Well, what happened, what happened about a, a few months back was, I, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a thing called plantar fasciitis. It's an Achilles tendon problem. It's an inflammation on the, the Achilles tendon, but you get there's all sorts of treatment for it, you know. Um, just it just seizes up, you know. You gotta stretch it. You gotta you gotta get insoles. You gotta get all these sorts of things, you know. And practicing with it wasn't as comfortable because I wasn't familiar with what I had just picked up. You know, I just woke up one morning and literally had to come down the stairs on my bum because I couldn't walk. But after 10, 15 minutes of walking. It loosens out. Yeah, at the start it was at the, at the start it was absolutely sobbing. Once you get treatment for it, then like the insoles, you know, and the stretching, you do the stretching exercises, you know, and you, you're you're giving the Achilles tendon the treatment it needs, as opposed to not knowing at all what it was, you know. But um, yeah, it was quite sore. It's, uh, I wouldn't. It's not a nice thing to have, to be honest, you know. Yeah, it's fucking fine now. I have the insoles. I have the insoles and I'm able to practice away. Still mm. sore in the mornings, but it loosens up. When you went into the tournament, how confident were you feeling? I suppose at the start, when we arrived, when we arrived there, we had nothing to lose. You know, I hadn't played since Fe- I hadn't played since February, and I think this was what October, November was it when I was playing? Late October, yeah. Look, I always, I always went to a tournament knowing what I have in the tank, and I'm always saying to myself, you know. I, just bait the fella in front of you and we keep moving forward, you know, until your bait. You're still in it till your bait. That's the way I looked at it. And I said to myself, you know, see what happens. Played well. You know, and then the fiasco started and I, I, I said, oh, I said, you know what, I couldn't give a shit. No, I said, sorry, hold that. <laughs> I said, I just, I just couldn't care less. Really don't. I said, 
He said, I just want to, I just want to game a dash down out soon because we were practicing, we were waiting, and the draw was out, and then the draw was taken back. And I, I just said, nah. I said, I don't care. I said, I don't care what happened. I said, I don't care whether I'm beaten. I, I said, look, I'm just going to enjoy it. And, and that's basically it. it that, that was basically it. I went into the tournament. I just, you know, like, I normally, I'd be, I'd be, I normally want to be giving out, you know, something has gone wrong, you know, ah, it's, it's, you, know, you can't be doing this, oh, we're not coming all this way, we're not making a buzz of this. And it was just the attitude I had from the world go, I just said, you know what, it doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter, it's the same for everybody. There was no point in getting upset over it because there was nothing I could do about it. I just I just, just went into the first game and I said, we'll take it. And I, I like the sex game, you know. So um, I went in and I know, I know from, I knew from uh, the first game, and I came back, and I sat down after the first game, and I said, well, you know, I just thought, I said, it's going to take someone throwing out of their skin to bed me here today. Hmm. I said, I'll get to the last 32 hour here today, which was the target. The target was getting to the last 32, and then you got moved to um, Circus Tavern. And that was the goal, like, you know, to get to the Circus Tavern, and not an iconic stage. Like, I'd already played at Lakeside, and I wanted to play at... Circus Tavern because that's where Phil Taylor had won most of his world title. So to stand on that stage with those those types of players was just another another goal. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just another achievement. You know there were a, a number of impressive performances from you on the way to to the final. You beat David Evans in the second round, averaged just shy of a hundred against Willem Mandigas. But were there any games in that run before you got to the final that really stood out to you? David Evans game. David Evans game, I remember David saying to me after the game, he said, like, he's, he, the amount of 180s I hit against David in, in those, I think the bet David, three sets to one. Mm. So over four, over four sets, I had, I had a, because I was nearly hitting one 180, like, I was either starting with a 180, or I was hitting a 180 to set up a finish, which was, which was, which was perfect. You know, it was just the perfect scenario, like, you know, and it didn't matter, Dave, like, Dave is a crappy draft player, and it didn't matter what Dave threw at me, I just always had the upper hand in that game, you know. But it, it, there was nobody, there was nobody from start to finish in the World Masters, nobody had that bit. So I was never, I was never, like, I was never standing on the line saying, saying to myself, like, he's three after 32 to knock me out, like, that, that never occurred from start to finish, like, I was never in that position. It might have been a sit down. You know, and a leg down and another, you know, but I was never, I, no one had that speed. Sadly, I can remember anyway. I don't recall it. What was that moment like when the winning double went in, you beat Scott Waits and they announced that you were the world master? I stood back off the line for a split second. When when Scott had missed, when Scott had missed, uh, I think that was to make it 5-5 in sense. Yes. Because uh, I think it was one all in the last, in the last, in the last set. And when I had three down to double ten, I just said to myself, it's now or never. You know, you're 44 years of age, you know, you'll never get an opportunity like this again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, on the late side stage, or on the, the famous Circus Tavern stage, to be crowned world master, you know, there's like I the trophy here in front of me. You know, the names on it is scary. It's the who's who of that. Like, and to be in amongst all them, like, it's just a dream come true. Like, it was just, I always knew there was something big in me, but, you know, if I was to be realistic about it, like, I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd have won a more title, you know? 
And there's no point, no point in saying, oh yeah, I would have, I was always going to win one. You know, I would have fancied myself to win the Scottish Open or the Welsh Open or something like that, which I would have considered a big tournament, you know, coming off the floor and getting up onto the stage, maybe 900 men. I think there was 1,200 men in the Czech Open. About three and a half thousand men entered the Dutch Open. That to me is a big tournament. But never, never, never did I believe I could have. Never in my wildest dreams that I think I was going to win a World Masters. No. And what was the reaction like when you got home to Cork? It, it was. It, 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 you react. The videos that were sent to me, there were, some of them were brilliant altogether, you know. Fellas inside the pub and there was silence in the pub, and then I hit the winning double, and the pub goes, the pub goes mad. Now I got sent a few of those videos, like, you know, my parents. <laughs> My parents were at the airport, my friends were at the airport, my family, my brothers and sisters, all the kids, you know, reporters, you know, from local radio stations and everything. It was just, it was like friends of mine had travelled down from Limerick and, you know, it was, it was just brilliant just to come home. You know, but I don't, I don't think it was, it was only a few days after when I realised I was the world master, but I had no world master's trophy. Hmm. You know, there was something missing. There was something missing, like, you know, and I, 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 I there with a piece of crystal or a piece of a piece of glass, and I I I I struggling to. Is I I don't even think I asked for where was the trophy after I won. I was just so engrossed in the fact that I had just won. So when did you get the trophy? Uh, it was four weeks four weeks after in the Killarney in the, in the Irish Open. Des brought it over on the plane, and they presented me in Killarney with the trophy. Yes, I got it, but um, I don't know. I I've heard. Few stories about whether it, it was there, but the sponsored names. Hmm. It had changed because Winamo had sponsored it for 40 odd years. And, um, 180 and Elstein had sponsored it now, and they couldn't give it to me because the sponsored names were on it. They couldn't give Lisa her trophy because they couldn't be seen to be giving me or Lisa her trophy and not giving me my trophy. So Lisa didn't get hers either on the night. Yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a bit of a shame, to be honest. Like, you know, people are saying like that. It's um, the prestige of the trophy that's gone. Well, maybe in their eyes, but not in my eyes. You know, it's, it's still, I mean, it's the oldest running dart major in world darts today. Like, mm. and I, I, uh, the world championships didn't start till 1976, and this was played for in 1974. Mm. So. So yeah, so it was probably classed as a world championships one time, I suppose. But it was like when you look at the names on it, like you know, Taylor, Van Gerwen, Martin Adams, three times. You know, they're just huge names on it, like you know. And I remember there was a photo online from the the Irish Open of you, Keen Barry, and Katie Sheldon all posing on the stage, and obviously you'd all won titles at the World yeah. Masters. How special was it for you that you know you'd won it, but you all three of you had had won it representing Ireland? Oh, it was on. Uh, it was unbelievable because I tell you, we had good support on the day because a few of the Irish lads, uh, Mick, uh, Andrew Dempsey, and a few others had um, had qualified for the World Masters as well, and there was a few of them had made it through to the TV stages as well, and it was just we had just great support from the start, even the Northern Ireland lads, you know. Like, I played Neil Duff. I think it was the quarterfinals of the last 16, I played Neil Duff. And even afterwards, they were supporting me, you know. I was in the venue at half past nine because I knew Katie was on first to support Katie. I was trying to get myself ready for when I was going to be playing. 
pace he had won and it was brilliant, you know. And then Keen Keno went up and he was magic. And it was, it was my turn and I was the last man standing and I said, it'd be great to do three in a row. I got a bit of a buzz off to the two lads, like, you know, uh, Keen and, and Katie, like, you know, they're they're outstanding for youths in Ireland, you know. Uh, Katie still has a bit to go with youths, but Keen, Keen is going to be a whole different ballgame altogether, you know. But um, I was, it was just a great day, the, the whole day. Susan Byrne will tell you, she, and Robin Byrne was there, you know. They, they were all there. We could Irish support, like, you know. But here, Joe Byrne shouting from way back in the venue, you know, to slow down now, calm down, take your time. You know, you, the one voice that I could hear sticking out of, me, out of the, the crowd, you know, that were there. And then a couple of months after the World Masters, you qualified because of your win for the, the BDO World Championship at the O2. Uh, you went out in the preliminary round. How did you find the, the whole experience? The O2 was, the venue itself was second to none. They couldn't pass it one bit. I was practicing well. I thought everything was okay. I was caught downstairs then because I was up uh, to play. And um, I was waiting a few minutes, probably longer than I thought I should have been. And um, I got up on the stage and it just didn't feel right. From the first three darts I threw, practice darts, panic set in straight away. I just couldn't find my line. And a few, a few afterwards had said that they didn't like the throw of it either. But look, it's... They're all the same. They're just, you know, the stages are different, you know. But for me, for me, it was just one of those things, you know. I mean, you're a, we're entitled to them. We're entitled to them days too, you know. So um, I was disappointed. It was my first World Championships. I was talking to Paul Nicholson afterwards, like, and he was saying, like, there was a lot of pressure, probably unknown to yourself, coming in as the world, recently being crowned the World Master. So they were expecting big things from you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I do a fight. I got it back to two all sets, and I reckon if I had probably got past that, I probably would. I felt like that we didn't get any throw. I, I got no throw anyway. I asked could I go up and have a throw on the stage beforehand, and I was told no because we weren't allowed to go up there because the crowd were in the hall and we weren't allowed to go up and have a throw. Like so, the only throw I got off the stage board was when I actually went up to play. I don't know, maybe I should have went, maybe I should have went earlier. But, you know, it was all a learning experience. My first World Championships, like, I, I, I know now that if I ever go on stage again, I'll ask the right people, can I have a throw off the board on the stage just to make sure I have it right for when I do play. So, yeah, look, you're always learning something. It, 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 look, it was nobody's fault only me on. I don't blame anybody else. But it would have, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have a throw off it, just to get a feel for it, you know, and the crowd behind you. But unfortunately, it didn't come my way. You know, with with your win at the World Masters and your appearance at the O2, you've now got the big five group supporting you. How much of a difference does having a a really good management group like them behind you make? Well, it's 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 huge because before, like I said before, I was I was going to tournaments where I go to one or two tournaments and then I go missing for five or six months to get money together for another two or three tournaments. You know, I knew Paul. I knew Paul from about two or three years ago when we played in Italy we, were, we just got talking and, and whatnot and uh, you know I just said to him you know if you're interested like if he was interested like you know just to keep me in mind you know but unfortunately what happens is out of sight out of mind if, if that's yeah. the right saying you know when I wasn't around and I wasn't competing they couldn't see what I was doing to I suppose um, what's the word I'm looking 
looking for um, to justify a sponsorship. Do you know what, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. wasn't, wasn't on the... I was nowhere to be seen on the ranking list. You know, I wasn't going to enough tournaments. You know, so, so um, yeah. So um, we met again then, uh, maybe a few months later at uh, at the Dutch Open, and he was thinking he uh, we were talking again, and he says, "Hey, I'll leave it with me. We, 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 you know, we'll be talking. I'll talk some more." And sure, of course, what happens? John goes missing again for another five or six months. <laughs> Paul came back. Paul came. Paul, we had more more talk with Paul, and fairness to him himself, Steve Holm, they came down to the, they came down when I won the World Masters. They came down to the Circus Tavern. Paul was the he would like had signed with the big five or anything at that stage, and uh, just giving me advice, you know, uh, talking to me at the bar, or talking to me on the practice board if I wanted a drink at the bar, he got it for me. It was just, it was just something different, and it was something I wasn't used to. Where all of a sudden, no, you know, this, this could change, this could change everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it was the same at the World Championships. We were, st- we were still talking contracts and stuff like that. And he still fairness to the lads. They showed up at the World Championships. They were there with Wayne and Nick, mm-hmm. and we had more talk there. And um, we got the ball rolling in the end, and we got the ball rolling in the end. And we signed we signed contracts and um, we we started off with in the new year uh, with Scotland. Hmm. That was my first team away with the lads with Paul and Wayne. Uh, Nick had won his tour card. I was with I was with him. Sorry, yeah, I was with Paul as well at U School. Hmm. Sorry, back U School, but uh, I had a run on the last thirty two again on the day, and I would now only lost out again. I had seven points and uh, Nick Nick had a massive last day then and he was just awesome like you know he, he won a talk out on the last day Nick had uh, Nick Nick then moved on to the PDC whereas then me Paul and Wayne we, we I think we went to the lads went to Romania it was Nick's last time playing in Romania so they went to Romania and I got myself ready for Scotland so I met up with them in Scotland and then we went to uh, Slovakia and uh, yeah, things were looking up. Things were looking up before the pandemic hit. <laughs> I, I was up there. Uh, I was up to number five in the seasonal rankings. You know, so I was definitely heading in the right direction, and I was a lot more comfortable. You're around people. You know, they're happy. You know, Paul always says, always says to me, you know, a happy dark player is a winner. You know, it doesn't matter. Give 110 percent. We laugh and we'll smile and we'll joke. Afterwards, nobody died, kind of thing, you know. Mm. We move on to the next one, we prepare for the next one, we learn from this one. And all of a sudden, like, I started getting rid of these last 32s, last 64s, and now I, I find myself like Czech Open quarterfinals, Oil of Man quarterfinals, you know, all of a sudden now I've gone past the 64 32 mark. Because it's not easy on the floor, like, you're playing the best of seven. and you could be playing, you could be playing seven or eight games before you even get in the money, mm. you know. And it's it's tough going, like you know. But you know, you you have you have Wayne, you've Wayne um, helping you along. You, you've Paul and the advice. You're learning, like Wayne has an abundance of knowledge about the game. You know, he's around the game so long, and you know, you think you know it all, and then you see what others do, and then you try it and. 
just that worked for me, you know. You learn so much from these people, like you know what I mean, like. But as regards to just, you know, just just to show up and play darts without having to worry about a flight or a taxi or a plane or a train, or how am I going to get here and how am I going to get there? Do you know what I mean? Like everything, like even this weekend now, like the whole thing is sorted. And I never even had to look or book a flight. So all I concentrate, all my concentration is only always has been now for the last few weeks on what I'm to do this weekend and that's play darts. Mm. Don't have to worry about how I'm going to get there. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to get home. That's huge, like that's huge, like you know mm. what I mean, like. And I'm very grateful for the chance, like you know, to be to be like I mean, there's thousands of dance players like would love to be in the position I'm in, like you know what I mean, like. And I, I, I've only got out of the game after what I put into the game, mm. you know. And I've put thousands upon thousands of hours, like you know what I mean, like. And I won't let the boys down, like you know. I'll give it 110%. If it doesn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, it'll happen. You know what I mean? Like, And once once you get those wins under your belt, then it's sure to win and nick with Big Five. The boys were just winning tournament after tournament. Because they were happy campers, you know? And that's what you want. Like, And that's what I was about. Like, I loved my dad. I loved me cracking the door. You know, we love to laugh. You know, you can't beat a good laugh, like, you know? Hmm. Or a good sing song, you know what I mean? Like, but we done our job before we done that. Like, obviously, your nickname's the Joker. Where did that come from? As far as I can remember, um, and I, I, I think I told um, um, a guy in an interview one time as well. I was playing on the pro tour a few years back. Um, before you needed a tour card with with the likes of uh, I, I played, I travelled with um, Brendan Dolan and Mickey Mansell and Willem O'Connor. I came back after losing a horrendous game of darts. I don't know whether I lost 6-0 or whether I danced to win. Uh, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to say I danced to lose 6-0 in the PDC anyway. <laughs> so uh, I just came back and I was so annoyed with myself and I, I just threw the darts down on the table and uh, Mickey Mansell turned around and he says, why so serious? <laughs> you know, which was, which was the course in Joker. <laughs> you know, and... Um, I think Willie said that just that stick, <laughs> you know. And so we ran, we ran with that. We ran with that, and I remember, I remember a story. I played in Derby. I played in Derby a few years back in in in, in um, one of the pro tours, and I played John Park. And I had a I had a joker on the back of the shirt. Just that's going back now. I'd say two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I'd say, and uh, John Park beat me. Um, and I, I, I walked back off the line and John Park came over to me. He said, crack again because I missed a shot or something anyway. John Park missed double 12 for a 9 dot, But it was a good game anyway. I think it was 6 40 bit. And uh, he came back and he says to me, he says, I love the Joker. He says, I love the Joker. Nickname, I love everything about the Joker, you know. Hmm. And he says, would you believe? He says, when I started playing dance first, he says, my nickname was Batman. <laughs> and I says to him, I said, no fucking Joker, man. And I, I just burst out laughing. And I said, I just, I just couldn't picture you standing on stage after winning three world titles with <laughs> Batman written on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you know. But it, it, it was just a, it was just a funny thing. It was just a, like I was talking to him for about 10, 15 minutes after the game. But I was disappointed I had lost because I'd played so well, you know. And uh, and I just stood stood behind the barrier and he came out after shaking hands with the, the marker and whatnot. He came over to me. We were having a drink and he had said to me, he, that's what he said to me, he said, my nickname before, before I started playing darts. Uh, when I was starting out playing darts, he said, my nickname was Batman. <laughs> I said, Jesus. 
I like to know nearly choked on me point. I swear <laughs> to God, because I just got uh, like even picturing him now on TV with that maple on the back. I said, I just couldn't picture <laughs> the Batman on his back. Like you know, it was just, oh, it was just one of those funny times. You know, I was brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I've enjoyed everything. I've I've played with the lads before there was tour cards. I played with the lads. You know, I travelled travelled to Holland and. I picked up a bit of experience here and there, you know. And eventually I got to where I was going. I, I won the World Masters, so. Yeah. Look, I have new goals. I have new goals for this year, so. It's almost a year now since that fateful night in the Circus Tavern for you. Do you still kind of get that little tingle and that buzz when you see the trophy at home? Yeah, look, it's, 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 it's here in the front room. So, I'm looking at it now. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the big screen on the on the wall, you know, the doctor on the television. Jizzy is playing Durant and I know Durant's name is on that on that on that trophy, like, you know. And I, I look at the darts and I'm watching on television sitting at home and I'm saying to myself, I'd love to be up there, like, you know, I missed out the Grand Slam. That hurt me a bit because I felt it might have been my only time playing darts this year. You know, because the last few World Masters had been given the Grand Slam spot, but there was normally eight players from the BDO, and now this year there was only two. Mm. So that hurt, that hurt me a bit. And then I was hoping this weekend would go ahead and right up until an hour ago we were saying because we didn't receive any briefs. I'm saying, oh God, if they cancel it now, that's it till Q school, which is January. And then I was saying, like, if this continues on over Christmas into the new year. You know, you, I, I couldn't see the Dutch Open going ahead because, like, between the, the men, women and youths and spectators, you're looking at nearly 7,000 people inside in that hotel. I couldn't see the Dutch Open going ahead. I couldn't see Scotland going ahead. And I was saying, if I don't get a tour card or if I don't do anything in the PDC, there might be no darts till well after April, May of next year. Like, I said, I'll go off my game. The Irish Open was cancelled. Everything was cancelled. You know, there was nothing to play for. So I'm so grateful now for Paul and Big Five this weekend, and we, they got me. They got, well, they haven't got me there yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I have to dodge probably a few checkpoints tomorrow. I'd say, but um, that's that's the plan now. We're, we're, we're going, I'm going to enjoy the weekend. I haven't seen Paul now since Slovakia, you know, and I'm looking forward to the chat and the plan for going forward. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll do well at the weekend. And if not, nobody died, we move on. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening, John. Your win last year was a, a wonderful moment to watch. And hopefully, you know, everything goes well this weekend and hopefully pandemic and so on, you're able to be playing a lot more next year and we're able to see you having more special moments like the one last October. Really enjoyable. Nice for the chat. <laughs>